0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Uh, Take two, here we go. So Jason Peters is re-signed with the Eagles. So now he's a guard. Moving him to guard because Brandon Brooks is out for the season. This makes sense. This makes sense. But it's just so unfair because on Madden, every time I try to re-sign this guy, I don't have any cap room i just be mad at Howie Roseman. I'm like, I know what you're trying to do, but dang, man, we ain't got no money, and these contracts are ridiculous. These guys are overpaid. And it makes it worse that I am mediocre at Madden, so we don't be winning, so I can't develop players like I'm supposed to. But that's Madden. In real life, I'm glad Jason Peters is back. Don't know how they afforded him they could afford him but hey he's back i'm happy uh it's gonna be weird seeing at guard but we gotta do something gotta do something i'm worried about the left side of the line with dillard and samalu i'm worried but i think they'll be fine just gotta see what happens we're gonna roll out there with this offensive line and if they can get some practice some work especially with peters at guard we're good we're good. Hey, the future might be bright for the Eagles. I, I still th- got them winning the NFC East. I still think they're the best team in the NFC East. I, I'm a little biased here because a lot of people going to say the Cowboys. I just don't think so. I just don't think so. They do have a lot of good pieces and stuff, but at the end of the day, we got Carson Wentz. We got that offense. We, we just got Darius Slay on defense. We got Fletcher Cox. We still got Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett. Like, bro, it might come down to the wire again, but at the end of the day, I got the Eagles winning the division all day. What I really wanted to talk about. So, DC United. DC United forced a 2-2 tie with Toronto. See, I wasn't expecting to see this because I thought I was going to be asleep, but yet I woke up just in time. For me to see them steal that game from toronto or at least force a tie i will take it because toronto's like the best team in that group well historically well not completely historically but recent history says toronto is the best team in that group and dc united forced a tie and i don't even know who's on their team all i know is they got higuain Higuain came off the bench, and he scored a goal the minute he came off the bench. This man just, he's like Chris Paul with the thunder. I swear, man. This dude, man, he's still kicking it. Now, he always, like, terrorized DC United. He used to terrorize Toronto, but at least he terrorized Toronto with DC United. Thank God. Who knew? That's all we needed was a 36-year-old Higuain coming off the bench. That's all we needed. That's great. So we got that. So we got that first goal from Higuain when he lobbed it over the goalie. Then the next goal was a, was a header. Next thing you know, it's 2-2. And I'm like, I'm excited. I loved it. I loved it. Because before then, D2-9, it was trash. Seriously. They were garbage. But I wasn't surprised. Because they just, like, before before and after Wayne Rooney, they just weren't that good. And I wasn't expecting them to be good this year. And they wasn't. And the little bit I watched before Higuain got in the game, it wasn't good. But when Higuain came in the games, stuff changed and they tied the game and i wasn't expecting them to to tie it i wasn't even i wasn't expecting them to even score a goal but they did man and it was fun to watch it kept me interested and i can't wait for the next game which will probably be later this week i, I can't wait that was that was exciting and it, it made me happy it made me smile <laughs> the redskins name change They're finally changing the name. It's official. I can't believe this is happening. Like, I thought this was going to happen, like, later in my life. Or I thought I was never going to see it in my lifetime. I thought I wasn't going to see it until Generation Z grew up and became, like, regular working adults. I thought I was never going to see it. And here we are. In 2020, the name's going to change. Hey, it always needed to be changed. And looking at the history of how hard Daniel Snyder and whoever owner fought to keep that name, it's crazy. I, I just thought it just is not going to go anywhere till the next generation comes. But it's gone. It's gone because um, it's 2020. It's 2020. This is the year of social justice. So th- they put pressure on the big companies that associate themselves with the Redskins. Amazon stopped selling their stuff. Nike stopped selling their stuff. FedEx threatened to take the name off the stadium. All that. like The combination of all that stuff. Because the, the protesting, people been protesting the name for 30, 40 years or more but it took the big companies, the ones with the big money and the big ties to the Redskins brand, it took them for them to change it. That's why people are looking at this with a side eye, and it just, but it just proves once again that the corporations, the big corporations and the everyday people, if big corporations and everyday people come together, things are gonna get changed. That's who really runs the world. Wanna get something done fast? Get a bunch of people together and demand it change, or get some people with a lot of money and a lot of influence, and then it'll change. I'm just saying, it just the example is right there. But um, I thought the Redskins sitcom was over, but it's not. An unexpected part of the sitcom is people having fun trying to come up with a new name for the team. I've heard everything. I think the worst I've heard, well, I've heard some bad things, but people trying to say Washington Americans, like, no. No. You can do better than that. I've heard, and now, I like the Red Hawks. No, no, I like the Red Wolves. That's the one I like. Because I've seen the uniform markups and stuff, and they look amazing. The Red Wolves is nice. Uh, the Warriors is nice. All that, man. Um, some, there were some good names, but there were some other names. I'm like, nah, man, uh, I heard last night, the Washington politicians, I guess that's a decent name. It's just people having too much fun with this name and it's just hilarious. It's just, it's part of the, it's part of the show. Now it's part of the show, the losing, the joke of an owner, the free agents, I, that was a regular part of the show, but now the name thing has taken on a whole new part of it, and I'm just enjoying it. It's hilarious, but the name needed to go, so hopefully they come up with something decent and then they can start winning, okay. <laughs> they could start winning now, so anyway, oh, and by the way, if I see Redskins anywhere in in the house i I probably put tape over it it just because just for the culture. <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> all right. So it's official. It's no Bradley Bill in a restart. So he'd been battling a shoulder injury like all year. So I guess he tried to play on it or he tried to work out on it like he had been doing before the, the whole COVID-19 thing. you think with some rest he'd been able to go. But I guess he determined, can't do it. I can't, I can't blame him. I, I really can't. Like, I'm sure... You yeah, know, I'm sure he did the best he could. But then you got that, and then you got the COVID thing, and then you got the social justice things that he's probably trying to get into. It it, it was the right decision. But the shoulder, I think the shoulder was the icing on top. Now it's like the Wizards, there's no way they're going to win a game. I can't see them winning a game. How? How are they going to win a game? Have you seen their roster? They don't have Bill. They don't have Wall. They don't have Bertans. It's basically Rui Hachimura, Troy Brown, freaking Jerome Robinson, and uh, Shabazz Napier. Like this isn't this isn't college. This isn't college. Like if this was college, that'd be fine. This isn't college. This is the NBA you gotta go against devin booker in a few weeks how are you gonna stop him you gotta go against deandre ayton in a few weeks how are you gonna stop him how are you gonna stop lebron how are you gonna stop Giannis? dog it's over oh and eight if they if they prove me wrong that'd be great i'll i'll get behind them just like dc united but for now it doesn't look good no one's no was really expecting anything from the wizards anyway but now, it's it's definite. I, I can't see them really winning anything. It's a shame because I was really rooting for them, and I wanted them to at least force a playoff with the Nets or the Magic. It still might happen because the Nets are missing a bunch of people too. Like, they don't have DeAndre Jordan. They don't have Durant. They don't have Dinwiddie. They don't have Kyrie Irving yeah sure they got Crawford and Beasley and Karis LeVert but I mean is that enough it doesn't matter at the end of the day the Nets, the Wizards the Magic they're all food for the Bucks and the Raptors okay or maybe the Sixers they're just they're just there they're just placeholders to get picked off by one of those teams so it doesn't matter Also, on the WNBA side, on the WNBA side, no Deladon, Tina Charles for now. They're waiting. At the time I took my notes, they were waiting for medical exemption. Well, today, Deladon's decision came back, and she wasn't going to get it. She's not going to get medical exemption, medical opt-out so which basically means she has to play or she won't get paid she got cleared by the WNBA but her personal doctor said it's not safe that she's still at risk for covid but the panel but the panel for the WNBA said she isn't at risk she isn't at attic risk um a lot of what i saw in the comments on twitter is that according to the cdc she doesn't her disease doesn't have any other pre-existing conditions now i should have did my own research on that but it's a lot he said she said but my gut feeling says that Della Don isn't going to play she's still undecided but i don't think she's going to play i think she's going to play it safe she's going to play it safe she's going to take precaution and she's not going to play so she is going to set out I don't know where she's going to get the money that she would have made playing for the WNBA. I don't know where she's going to find the money, but I'm sure it's going to come from somewhere because it's Deladon and she's very popular. She got a lot of fans, so I'm sure sure she'll be all right. That's just me. But I don't think she's going to play. I don't know about Tina Charles. She has a different uh, set of issues. I'm trying to see what's what's up with her. Um, I haven't heard anything about her lately. But this just grows the list of people who aren't playing for the Mystics in the bubble. No Natasha Cloud. No Latoya Sanders. These are key players. The Mystics waived their two draft picks because they signed some veterans. The young players didn't have enough time to really get themselves accustomed to the um the mystics like playbook and in the way they play and just basically WNBA life in general because of the pandemic so coach just cut them it is what it is I'm sure it happens it happens all the time I'm sure but the type type of team we have we have so many veterans we don't really need any young players like that especially ones that weren't gonna make an immediate contribution. Now, that's a shame because I really hyped up our first draft pick cuz I said I said she was the next Clay Thompson. I I said she was a female Clay Thompson cuz she was a long, athletic and could shoot really well from 3. I was hyping her up. But now she's on some other team. I think she's on the Dream. Yeah, the Dream picked her up. I don't think anyone picked up Shook Sutton. But, man, that's a shame. I was really rooting for her. Maybe she'll end up back on the Mystics one day. But the fact remains, she's not on our team. So, hey, we signed all these veterans. Let's see what they do. Hey, it just, just is what it is. Um, I can't see them winning a title without Deladon or Tina Charles. And no Natasha Cloud either. We already lost Christy Tolliver to begin with. It's like our whole team is just just gone. But then again, then again. Before we got all these people, um, we were pretty much led by Ariel Atkins and Emma Misaman, Like. That's pretty much how our team was before we got all these pieces. So now they got to step up, and we got Ariel Powers. Uh, Ariel Atkins averaged 10 a game last year. Ariel Powers averaged 11. Misa averaged 13. So, so we got to lean on those guys, and it's just, just hope and pray. It's going to be tough because some really good teams out there, like the Mercury, are stacked. The, the Sparks may have lost to Goomla K-Sister, but they still they still got a really good team. The Storm are, I assume, healthy. The Aces and the Suns, who were the main people trying to stand in our way, they lost key people. They both lost their best player. So those are two less teams we, we ain't got to worry about. You got to watch the sky because they got the Splash Sisters, they got Quigley, and they got Vandersloot. So... You got to watch. watch them. The Dream got Kennedy Carter. It, it depends. They got Kennedy Carter and Ebony Williams, and they, they got uh, Jalen Agnew. I don't know if she's going to play, but they got a nice squad, too, so you got to watch them. You got to watch the Sky and the Dream on the rise. The Aces and the Sun should fall back. That's just me. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm just worried about the Mystics. I They might be able to get by, but I don't think they're going to win the title. I think it's going to be between the Mercury and the Storm shock. (laughs) Shock. Like, that's just how it's been. Like, they've been pretty good franchises for the past decade or so or more. Now, something I forgot to talk about on my last show, Maker Maker or... McCurr, Maker, whatever, whatever. He joined Howard. I spent, man, at least a good seven or eight episodes talking about Howard basketball in January and February and a little bit in March. They were the worst team in D1. They were one of the worst teams in D1, which is a shame because they had my godbrother. I'm wearing his shirt now. <laughs> they had him. He was like that. He was the leading scorer in MIAC history and Howard history. The dude is like Kobe Bryant. He plays like Kobe, if Kobe shot more threes. But basically, he he has the Mamba mentality. But he couldn't even save that team that lost a lot of pieces and had a new coach. And people who barely played were starting. Or they had freshmen starting too. So it was a tough team. It was a, it was a very inexperienced team. And then you add CJ, yeah. I can see why they struggled. They fought. They did the best they could, but it just wasn't enough. They just didn't have the horses. And their coaches were better than I thought. Their coaches looked very really good on paper. You got people who went to Duke, played for Duke, paid for uh, Coach K. I mean, you got Tyler Thornton, who's one of the better guards in, in my high school class. He went to Duke. He played for Coach K, the head coach played for coach k you got another guy went to Notre dame played for coach bray you know what i'm saying like he played d1 and and you got another assistant coach he played for some college i never heard of but from the looks of it he, he's a solid young head coach not head coach but young assistant coach then just straight up inexperienced across the board but on paper i think they'll be fine going into next year if there's a season i don't know how next season's gonna look but they got they got Maker Maker, like he's seven foot three or something like that, bro. One big thing, one big problem with Howard. They had a lot of problems. They had no inside presence. No disrespect to Zion Cousins and Prince Will and and the other guy that played down low. Forgot his name, but um. <laughs> They had no inside presence at all. This guy basically just in one big swoop takes care of that. I just wish he came like a year or two earlier. Even last year, I think he would have helped last year because he would have freed up CJ to get more open threes. He would have freed up uh, Garvey. He would have freed up Garvey to, to, to shoot more threes. And all those guys to, to shoot more and have more better shots. And they would have won a few more games. I, at the end of the day, no matter who is on that team, no matter what, you got to find a way to beat Norfolk State and North Carolina Central. At the end of the day, those are the two teams you got to beat in a MIAC. to so go to the NCAA tournament. Now, the Miac is shrinking. No Bethune-Cookman. They just left. No a about to leave. Hampton left. It's shrinking. But the fact still remains, North Falls State and North Carolina Central are the two teams to beat in basketball. I don't know if Maker is enough, but we'll see. Like what the coaches are doing over there, they ain't messing around. And, and Maker, Maker... It's trying to start that wave and getting big-time black athletes to um, HBCUs because you look at the top 100 of college players, most of them are black anyway. So just so imagine these people going to HBCUs, spreading out. There's only a matter of time before Norfolk, and North Carolina Central gets one of these guys. I can't imagine Central, or even Hampton, like Hampton's in the Big South or something. Imagine them getting one of these guys. Mikey Williams already has ties to Hampton. I hope he goes to Howard, but he probably won't. He has, he already has ties to Hampton. Imagine him going to Hampton, it's a wrap. And DeMarcus Cousins trying to get him to go to HBCU. I just read that on Twitter. Bro, he's one of the biggest upcoming high school players, him and Imani Bates. But he's bigger than Imani Bates, and he's just a sophomore. Bro. We get him at Howard. You got to get him away from North Carolina Central and Hampton. But if he goes to North Carolina Central Hampton, that's still big for the HBCU movement, and they'll get more money into their institutions. And maybe it'll get the miac back together or keep the miac from falling apart. <laughs> I just like this. There's going to be a lot of people at these Howard games. It's going to be rough. I'm going to have to get to games earlier, but I can't wait. I can't wait. I love it. I love the move, and I hope this starts a movement because HBCU basketball is underrated. It's fun to watch with the bands and the crowds. I would love to see it grow and get better. It's gonna take some time. Like it's gonna be hard, but it's, it's gonna take some time. But this is just this is just the start. This is the start. Hey it is what it is. Oh Blakeney. That's his name. Coach Blakeney. And another thing about their coaches is uh the head coach went to Damatha, assistant coach went to Gonzaga and the assistant coach that went to Notre Dame is coached by a guy that went to the Matha, so it's like just you know the Matha Gonzaga DC ties. Hey, maybe they'll get some of this DMV talent that keeps escaping from Howard and going to these big D one schools. Maybe you could start there. Maybe you could start there, and they'll really they'll really build a squad. Uh if they could get. They could pull off getting Maker Maker. There is just nothing that this staff can't do. Blakeney and Thornton and Atkins. Like, there is nothing they can't do. And even before Maker Maker, even with the previous squad, even with the previous staff, they pulled off getting R.J. Cole. And R.J. Cole is amazing. He is basically Kyrie Irving. He come from the same area and everything. He's be, He was basically Kyrie Irving. And by his second year, he was player of the year in the MIAC. That could totally be Maker Maker. Who would, if he lives up to his potential, could dominate the MIAC with ease. That's just me. We'll see, though. Now, so you got Patrick Mahomes. So I kind of spoke on this at the end of my last show. But now, there is contract info out 63 million guaranteed at the sign 41 million dollars guaranteed no matter what contract starts off 5 million cap hit then it goes to 24 then 31 then 42 it gets as high as 59 million in 2027 they expect the cap to rise in the short term it's not that bad it saves the chief's money in the short term while they got this window they could like keep all this all these pieces together, but in the long haul they'll be set because they're expecting to cap the cap to rise. This is what how I analyze it. They expect the cap to rise and then they'll still be able to get some decent pieces around my homes. The only thing is that coronavirus man, if they make less money I don't think they're going to make less. They're going to make less money, but I don't think it's going to be terrible. But who knows where this pandemic is going to take us as far as um, football is concerned. So what if they lose a ton of money because of pandemics not having, you know, the people at the games? And what if, you know, people decide to watch less of it on TV? Nah, who am I kidding? They're still going to watch on TV. They're still going to have big TV contracts. But what if, though? Who knows what's going to happen? Because we don't know. Like, the way 2020 has been going, the way this COVID-19 has been shutting down everything and, and changing everything, who knows what's going to happen? They're going to lose revenue. They're going to lose ticket revenue for sure. They might even lose, a, like, apparel revenue. But is is the cap going to be that high because of all that? that's what i'm wondering i i don't know i don't know that just remains to be seen but regardless i think they're prepared for that because the contract is is like starts off slow like it starts off slow like it just gradually gets bigger and then it just boom becomes astronomical of course you know the 500 million at at the beginning like seeing How much it could be worth over time. Of course, 10 years, $500 Of course, that's going to raise some eyebrows. Like, wow, damn. But at the beginning, I mean, it's not that bad. Like, he's still getting paid peanuts this year. Well, I don't know. That's this cap hit. But I think what he just signed, the money he gets just to sign the contract, I think, is just crazy. That's a lot. But... The cap is still intact. So I guess it works out for both sides. That is amazing. And congratulations, Patrick Mahomes. He started out as a guy I thought was overrated by Texas Tech fans. I thought, hey, he's just another, you know, system QB. But I I guess that's what they thought about Baker. But um, what they were saying was he was real talented. It's just that he didn't have the team that Baker had. And it turns out they were right. He was amazing. But that doesn't mean Baker sucks. He's good too. But I just overlooked Patrick Mahomes. It took me until his senior year to really realize, or his junior year, the year after I left OU, for me to realize, okay, this guy is legit. I definitely underrated him. He is not overrated. Is Texas Tech fans actually know what they're talking about. They're not just being homers. And now I didn't expect him to be like this in the NFL. Like, he's amazing. He has a chance to be the greatest quarterback ever. That's crazy. He definitely deserves his money. We all saw it coming. Now we're just going to see who's the next person to get that type of contract. Maybe between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, even Dak Prescott. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy at the end of the season, the beginning of the season is not his problem. It's the end of the season that is his problem. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy at the end of the season, who knows what he's going to get after his contract is over. I'm just saying. Uh, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. He deserves it. Speaking of contracts, Mozart wants to be traded. He's under contract till 2022, but he's slated to get less money than Tevin Coleman. He's the 25th highest Paid running back Coleman is number 16. Now, Coleman has done a little bit more in shorter time span than Mozart, but you can't ignore what Mozart did in the NFC championship. He was amazing, he was incredible. So, he believes just off that, and even during the season, he wasn't that bad either. He's pretty good too. Uh, he feels like he should get paid as much as Tevin Coleman, especially since he stays healthy. He feels like he should get paid more. He gets paid around the same amount as Josh Jacobs, and Josh Jacobs is on a Ricky contract. He feels that like he should get at least $4 million. I don't blame him, but where is he going to get it? Who is going to pay him that much? I'm trying to think what sucker would pay him that much. Well, not sucker. I mean, he deserves it, but... Should the 49ers pay him that much? They got three, well, no, two. Two running backs. They got to pay, and they got all these other pieces they got to pay. I mean, who who should pay him? Should it be the Chargers? And, you know, he can tag team with, with Austin Eckler. Um, should it be, I can't even think of a team right now. Maybe the Bucks, but they got Ronald Jones. huh. <laughs> Man, uh, this is tough. This is tough. Like who, who would pay him? Like all these teams, maybe the Patriots. They got Sony Michelle, but I don't think he a workhorse back, and he was in the doghouse a little bit. So maybe, maybe the Patriots. I mean, who? Where would he get traded to? Because I feel like he is a third down back. He's a fringe starter to me i really don't know where he would go for four million dollars maybe the 49ers could pay up it depends on how much cap room they have which i have to look up but off the top of my head i can't think of anywhere else he could go i really cannot right now hey maybe seattle but seattle got chris carson hey you know they'll they'll figure it out they'll figure it out um if they do trade him i guess good luck finding a, a partner i'm sure they'll Maybe he'll find somebody, and yeah, maybe the Jets, the team that picks him up, gotta believe it's an upgrade over their current situation. Which means maybe they don't trust the running back they have because they keep getting hurt. That's probably a, a team, a team like that will trade for Mozart, or a team that wants a change of pace to their current running back, like a Tennessee. Or, um, I no, can't say the Redskins. Nah, they got Adrian Peterson. <laughs> they got Adrian Peterson. And, um, shoot, maybe, maybe maybe the Eagles, but Boston Scott has been amazing. So, can't really put him there. It's tough. It's tough. They'll find out. They'll figure it out. Like I keep saying. I don't blame him for wanting his money, but it's going to be tough. And I don't know what he'd do with a less talented offensive line. Which is probably where he would be headed, somewhere with a less talented offensive line. I, I can't believe I'm about to talk about this, but Deshaun Jackson anti-Semitic comments. I'm not gonna read what he quoted. Not gonna read what he quoted. But basically, it's his whole. I tried to I tried to research as much as I could about this topic. And still, my head is spinning. Basically, he highlighted something. He highlighted something that basically claims that black people are the real Jews, are the real, you know, people of God, and not the white Jews in America. He also shared a video from Farrakhan's 4th of July speech talking about Jews and white jews and black jews and black hebrews to my surprise this is a growing sentiment in the black community i must have been living under a rock because I, I had no idea that black people are the real jews and that's why we've gone through this oppression and that's why there's systematic and institutional racism because we're the real Jews and we're the ones that are meant to suffer because we are the chosen ones. I think that's what they're trying to say. I think that's what Deshaun Jackson and Farrakhan and people who follow the Nation of Islam and, and and Black Judaism or whatever, that's what they that's what they believe. It's kinda I can see what they mean. It's kinda a conspiracy theory to, in my opinion. It's conspiracy theory is Ish. But Farrakhan, I I watched the video of Farrakhan talking about Jews. And he was saying that all the leaders are white Jews. Like all the people, like doctors, lawyers, politicians, heads of big corporations, they're all white Jews and they all conspire to to oppress black people. And a lot of people think that's true. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think they're just regular people, man. They just happen to be there. And I don't think everyone who are leading these corporations and leading these big institutions, I don't think they're all white Jews. And there's a lot of Jewish people they are oppressed just like black people in America. And I was just thinking, once again, I was like, okay, that's the problem I have with Farrakhan. He say some cringy stuff, man. Like, he say a lot of great things, but then he'll say some things that make you be like, why? Why? Why why would you say that? But Farrakhan believes it's the truth. And he's not spreading hate. He just want to say what he believes. That there's a certain amount of people that are out to make black people's lives in America a living hell, and a lot of people agree with that. But when you say stuff like that, he even said in 4th of July that there are sat- satanic Jews out there that must be stopped. I'm paraphrasing, but you say stuff like that, there's a lot of people that's gonna be offended, especially everyday jews in america that have been discriminated against just like black people that just because they're jews and what they believe in they've been persecuted and violence have been taken against them when you say stuff like that you're just thinking of people You're just thinking of a certain amount of people. Like it's not everybody. Like you're just you're just overlooking a vast amount of people that has nothing to do with oppressing anybody. But to be honest, like Farrakhan and Deshaun Jackson are really successful. So all these people they worried about they have not stopped them. These so called satanic Jews haven't stopped them. If that's what they believe, that's what they believe. Even Farrakhan said that uh, only God knows who are really who has those demons and who are satanic and who's not. But then why did he mention satanic Jews? It's just a lot of misunderstanding and ignorance, man. yeah, sure. I think that's just a I think that's just a problem with humanity like we just don't treat people who are different from us the right way. We don't always do it. I think that's just a humanity problem. That's not just a race. Problem black and white, you know, Asian, whatever. That's a humanity problem. That's what I say. Uh, Julian Edelman and Deshaun Jackson are talking over it, and Julian Edelman wants to bring Deshaun Jackson to DC. They go to the Holocaust Museum and the African American Museum. I've been to both twice, and well, maybe three times, but both amazing museums, a lot of information. You're not going to remember everything. But it's, it's a great symbolic gesture to really show that we're all in this together, for real, for real. That all these conspiracy theories, man, all this, uh, you know, ignorance. Even if it's true, it's only a certain amount of people you're worrying about. The majority, the vast majority of black people and Jews are just everyday folks. They're just working hard, trying to make ends meet and trying to. You know, care for their family and, and, and friends and all of that, man. Like they don't, they're not out to oppress anybody. That's just what I think. Um, it's Farrakhan's. <laughs> Farrakhan, man, he's he's still he's still amazing. I, I can't even lie. Um, he still says a lot of a lot of true stuff, but some stuff he say he just gotta just watch what he say sometimes. But he's not. Like, he's gotten this far. Like, he's not gonna just back off of the controversial stuff he said. Like, he's too powerful. Just saying. Just Nazis and black Hebrews, those are the people that have the biggest problem with Jews. I don't wanna get too far into that. I just just know it's just, it's just a shame that, you know, Jews and and black people have been oppressed in the past and, and throughout history and even, even now are made to feel like they aren't welcome in America, like they aren't, I don't know, they're not considered equal. It's a shame. It's how, it's how humans are, man. It's just we got to work on it. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes of this. Uh, Deshaun Jackson got fined, kind of like Riley Cooper. He got fined, and they're handling it in-house, and they're going to take care of it. I, they're gonna take care of it, and um, hopefully we all can learn and grow from this, for sure. So my Merlin Boomer Sooner story. So I was out doing lift last week, and things got a little slow. I got a little bored. So I was like, I was riding through Merlin's campus. I was like, wait a minute, we got Kayla Williams. I, I at first, of course, the first thing I thought about when rolling on Merlin campus was Caleb Williams. I was like, oh, we got Caleb Williams. So I was like, I started playing Boomer Sooner. I start yelling out the window, Boomer Sooner. But no one could really hear me, so fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I, I go down College Park. I go through College Park. I go down Baltimore Avenue. Then I turn around, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go through Maryland campus, and I'm gonna play Boomer Sooner. And that's what I did. first. I mainly played it with the windows up. No one could really hear it. Then I decided to roll the windows down and play it. Wasn't many people around. I probably could have went harder than that. But it was fun, man. It was fun. I played Boomer Sooner at least five or six times rolling through the campus. And I still wasn't really getting any rides. It was fun. I. Next time I do it, if it if there's a next time, I'll go harder. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I got a lot of, when I shared it on Twitter, I just got a lot of feedback and a lot of likes and retweets because we're, I, I guess I'm not the only one that was tired of Merlin fans talking trash because they were trying to get Caleb Williams. I, I wasn't the only one. So that was a good symbolic gesture of like, we own you in football. Don't talk any trash. Because your team isn't like that. Just stick the basketball and lacrosse. It was fun. But, hey. <laughs> I don't even know what to say from there. Anyway. The the TBT and the KBO. So I've been watching TBT lately. Uh, it ends Tonight. I'm recording it because I don't think I'm going to be able to watch the final. The final is between Sideline Cancer, who's a Cinderella story, 23rd team out of like 24 or 26, something like that. Cinderella story. They knocked off Overseas Elite. Uh, They knocked off – I don't even know who else they knocked off, but they knocked off Overseas Elite. That was the big thing. And now I got to (laughs) pause. But before that, it was a bunch of good games that happened in the TBT. Uh, Red Scare demolished House of Pain. But after House of Pain upset Carmen's crew. Carmen's crew was the number one seed and the defending champ. They were the Ohio State alums. You know, the team coached by Jared Sullinger and Aaron Kraft. Of course, Aaron Kraft let me down again. I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to be back in the finals. Hey, just like that time when they uh lost to Dayton in the tournament kind of reminded me of that. From the beginning, they looked tight, and the House of Pain took advantage of it, and they won. They played a really good game just to go against the Dayton alums, ironically, and get killed. It is what it is. In another good game, the money team versus Heard that we thought Heard that was down and out. They came back. Elam score was hundred and two. They came back and they won by three. It was a big upset, and the money team deleted their account after that. I think the Heard Heard that was like twenty fourth seed or twenty second seed. Man, the upsets in this tournament was amazing, but the. The biggest upset other than House of Pain was Overseas Elite losing to sideline cancer. What a team. They had Joe Johnson. They had Joe Johnson. They had uh, Pooh Jetter. A uh, few other really good overseas players. Um, that's crazy. They had Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson was in the NBA. Iso Joe. But Iso Joe choked. He missed a bunch of key shots down the stretch, including the one that could have won them the game. Oh, yeah, that was one of them that could have won them the game. I think he ran over somebody, and it was an offensive foul. I was like, what is ISO Joe doing? What is he doing? And sideline cancer, they stayed in the game. They fought. They had no fear, and they were taking big shot after big shot, and then the biggest of shots happened after, which, by the way, Overseas Elite had a a transition bucket, right, called off because their coach called a timeout when they had a guy on, they had one of their bigs on a guard, and he easily scored, but the basket didn't count because the coach called a timeout. I knew that was going to come back to haunt him. All for them to draw up a play for Joe Johnson, and Joe Johnson forces a shot and misses. Sideline cancer goes down the court, scores easy. Scores a three. I thought they wasn't going to score because Overseas Elite was guarding the three-point line so well. But nevertheless, they took that shot. No fear. Bucket now they're in a championship against golden eagles who beat red scare and they beat them pretty easily so i don't know i feel like after seeing what sideline cancer did against overseas elite how much heart they have it's hard to have them losing the golden eagles but golden eagles have been the most consistent team in the tournament so and they were in the championship last year I can't see them beating Golden Eagles, the Marquette alumni. I can't see them beating Golden Eagles. I really can't. We'll see. Uh, there's FanDuel. You could bet on that. You can pick the right players and win some money. More free advertisement, FanDuel. Say thank you. But uh, <laughs> but no. But no, I'm not doing it today. Uh, I got Golden Eagles winning. Eighty We'll see. Yeah, we'll see though. And also the KBO. I kind of took these notes on like Thursday or Friday. But the standings are pretty much the same. The, the standings are pretty much the same. Like NC Dinos is five games ahead of Key Womb and Doosan's behind Key Womb. So uh, Doosan's like five, like half game behind Key Womb and five and a half behind NC Dinos. Um. A game I watched is NC Dinos versus LG and NC Dinos beat them 12-2. Killed them. It was too easy. Of course I expected that. You got the best team in the league versus LG who's sliding. I I completely expected that. Uh, Mel Rojas Jr. still killing it. He batting 377, 20 home runs, 53 RBI. It's increased since since Thursday or Friday when I wrote these notes. Dude's killing. He hasn't he's having an MVP type of season. And I hope ESPN put KT Wiz on TV eventually. They need to because this guy is must see TV. What are they doing? Do the dude is like that. But they don't but they just they keep putting Dusan and NC Dinos on TV. I, I can't blame them, especially since NC Dinos and Kiwoom might be the Korean series championship. I can I can see why you would put them on there. But we need to see some K T whiz. I gotta see Mel Rojas Jr. Their dude is killing it. They probably not gonna put him on T V until they play Doosan or N C Dinos, which is funny because K T just played NC Dinos. Oh well, we'll see. Uh, By the way, NC Dinos lost to Key Womb yesterday, 5-1. Yesterday kind of worried me because uh, the KBO had all their games canceled because of rain. Because of rain, like, two days ago. So that worried me. They played all their games yesterday. I tried to play FanDuel. I tried to keep maybe two games out of it because of weather. And they end up all playing. And I lost. Shocker. But it's FanDuel. I mean, you're going to lose most of the time anyway. Just take that out. Oh, Hanwell was playing SK. And Hanwell took two out of three. He took two out of three. They They won game one. They lost game two. And then they won game three. And yet still, Hanwell still has the worst record in the league. And no surprise, they lost yesterday. Yeah. Of course they did. Or this morning this morning because they got you 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 know how you know how the KBO is is way ahead of us as far as hours is concerned. They're like twelve hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) So it's a little different over there. So it was yesterday over there but to earlier this morning over here. Yeah. So I think I'm on to the hypothetical game of the episode. Maybe this will be a quick one. I don't know. But based off the little back and forth me and my brother had about our high school teams, the hypothetical game of the episode is 2009 McNamara Mustangs versus the 2017 Scotland County Scots. So off the top, so we have Brandon Coleman, 6'6", 210 pounds, receiver, 200 pounds, receiver, giant receiver, plays safety too. And Scotland County has the number one running back in the country in in 2017, uh, Zamir White. And as a junior, he had 1,700 yards and 27 touchdowns. Like, the guy was amazing. I, and, and looking at him on film, like, he can do it all. He can do it all. He got breakaway speed. He can run over people. He can juke people. Bro, this dude is like that. He If he could come to the WCAC and he would have been the best running back that season. He would have been better than Marcus Coker, than Wes Brown. He would have been better than Charles Brown, who killed us. He would have been better than those Carroll running backs that killed us. But still, with that being said, The main argument between me and my brother is my team played tougher competition. His team was just mentally tougher and won more games. Uh, Mentally and physically tougher and won more games. That's a tough thing. It's a lot he says, he says, I tried to piece together through highlight films and stuff. What did it look like? Uh, we also got some secondary players. We got Marcus Williams, big D-tackle, end up going to Moorhead. We got Nico at safety who went to Iowa. We got our middle linebacker who went to Buffalo, Kari. Uh, Matt Goldsmith, who is basically the same size as my little brother, like the exact same size. He went to Illinois State. My little brother went to the North Carolina Central. So that's about even, well, Illinois State is a little bit better than Central. Well, they just flat out better than Central, my bad. But um, still, they're basically mirrors of each other. So I don't know how that would go. But still, looking at them, the little bit I've seen of Scotland County, they're a very physical team up front. I mean, of course, they got to be. If Samir White's going to score all those points and, and have all those yards, They got to be physical up front. Uh, They do have some size up front, which sometimes gave us trouble because we were a little, like me, like our two guards, me and George or or Aaron Carrington, we were undersized. Even when they put Baxter, he was a little bit undersized. So we would have had trouble with that inside. But it's just, I don't think Scotland County has ever seen A spread attack like ours. With Matt Goldsmith, Lamont, and Devin, and DJ, Brandon Coleman. They never seen him on, like, Brandon Coleman, who's a four-star. And we had to play people like the Matha, who's just flooded with D1 prospects. Good counsel. Flooded with D1 prospects. The best team that Scotland County played that year was Cape Fear I believe maybe Independence the year before they played Dudley and the year after they played Mallet Creek they were pretty good so we were clearly going to be the best team they they've played maybe the second best so this game is in Carolina we make the 7 hour trip to Laurenburg. all our family on the dad side on my dad's side of the family when our dad's side of the family all our families show up because it's in carolina they show up we meet before the game we talk trash and we get on the field and man it's a physical game surprise surprise it's a low scoring game we're kind of keeping samir white in check we know we have to focus on him so we're kind of keeping him in check our physical safeties making plays at the line and occasionally their quarterback drops back and, and hits Austin for a few, you know, bombs. But at the end of the second quarter, it's 7-7, McNamara in in Scotland County. So a 7-7 at halftime. Uh, Samir scores a touchdown, and uh, James James runs it in for a touchdown for himself. James is our quarterback. 7-7 going into the third quarter. Boom. We hit Brandon Coleman on a pulse. He's double teamed. They can't stop him. 50 yard touchdown. It's 14 7 McNamara. Then we kind of stall. Next thing you know, Scotland. Uh Wildcat. Once again, Zamir White scores. So at this point in the fourth quarter, Zamir White has about 80 yards rushing and two touchdowns. My brother has about fifty yards receiving. He has that one long bomb, but he hasn't really done anything else. So now, so so me, I'm having trouble with their D tackles, but I'm starting to get used to them. I'm having no problem pass blocking them, but run blocking them, I'm having a lot of trouble. And our both of our running backs combined for forty yards. So it's. 14-14, 14-14, fourth quarter, and we trade scores once again, and it's 21-21. And then, and then, three minutes to go. Once again, we're trying to focus on Samir. My little brother catches a slant, scores 60 yards, it's 28-21. Now, we get the ball back. We don't run the ball at all, but we, we're airing it out. We're airing it out. Lamont catches a, a 12-yard pass. Then we get it to Goldsmith. And then, 10-yard line, fade to Brandon Coleman, touchdown, 28-28, a minute 12 to go. This where it gets fun, though. They get the ball. They run it back. They run it back to the 30. They try to play action fake to Austin. They throw it up and it's picked off by Brandon Coleman. He runs it back, he scores. 30 seconds to go. It's 34-28 McNamara. And we kicked the field goal, 35-28. And, hey, they try try Hail Mary at the end after we stopped their kickoff return. They couldn't do it. We leave Lorenberg with the win, and I get bragging rights. 35-28 McNamara, hypothetical game of the episode. That was fun. I completely freestyled that but that's how I think it would have gone. I'm just saying. But, hey, that was fun. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.